Hey everybody, welcome back to Fat Man Little Trail, the podcast. Uh, today's episode four of the ongoing series, The Great Southwestern Road Trip. Uh, I think I inadvertently labeled yesterday's as, as section four, but today is the real episode four, and it's a very special episode for me especially. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Grand Canyon. Um, the Grand Canyon is something that I always knew about. Uh, I never had actually been there. I always thought it was kind of going to be a Clark W. Griswold where you walk up to the Grand Canyon, you nod your head and say, okay, let's go. Um, but it was so much more than that. Uh, I got to go there this morning for sunrise, which I actually had to ask the person at the hotel lobby. I was like, so is this cool in, this, in the morning for sunrise? And she said, oh, yeah. So I got up early and I went over there and got there about 30 minutes before the, the sun rose and I was just amazed because that early in the morning before the sun is actually up, all you kind of see is the outline of those mountains. The, not the detail that you want, but you just see these giant um, rock shapes that are, that are cast in half shadow and, and they're starting to get the first wisps of, of the morning light before the sun actually rises. Um, the clouds above them were, a pink and yellow and orange and just really cool sunrise colors. And, and as the sun kept moving, obviously it got brighter and these rock formations started to take shape underneath you. And it was like revealing the enormity of it, you know, one second at a time as the, as the sun would hit something, you would start to see more and more detail and more and more of what, was this enormous canyon that everything you see and hear about in the, you know, pictures of it. And if you see it in a movie or, you know, you heard it about it in third grade history class or, or whatever the case may be, doesn't do it justice to when you get there. Just the sheer enormity of the Grand Canyon is a little bit overwhelming uh, when you look at it. Um, like I said, I got there about 30 minutes before it happened. So I was able to go to, to several different spots around the first lookout by the visitor center, which is where they said was probably the best place to look at it. And it was because as you looked east, you were looking straight down the canyon right to where the sun was coming up. And I posted a, a picture on my Instagram and Facebook of the sunrise um, with just these great yellow colors and then you see one of the large rock formations right in front of it uh, as the sun is coming up uh, the edge of the canyon way to the east um, out of view it was it was almost like a kind of mystical moment of just sitting there and watching the sun just reach out and touch more and more of the the rocks uh, as you went. And at one point I turned around and instead of looking east, I look, I started to look west. And that's where some of these long shadows started to cast across the bottom of the canyon. And at the same time, it illuminated the tops of some of these mountains and put, you know, some of the canyons and the, and the, the bottom part portion of the mountains and there's casting weird shadows all over them. And it was just it was kind of just a illumination dance, if you will, of every time the sun would inch higher and higher in the sky, you would see more and you would, you would 
able to decipher more of what the, the topography below you was. And then you start realizing that this thing's like 10 miles across and it probably goes down, you know, a mile or so. And you start realizing just how small you are and how big it is, uh, which is something, I mean, it was both breathtaking and humbling all at the same time. And it's an experience that I am very glad that I got to do. And if you ever go to the Grand Canyon, try to be there for a sunrise or a sunset because it just casts it in such a different light and shows you just the enormity of what it is. And it's, it's just an amazing experience. And I was really happy that I got to do it. Um, the next thing that I got to do, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do, was actually hike the Grand Canyon. Um, I got out of the, after the, the sunrise, I ran back to the car and I was going to, was the Khabib, I believe, National Forest. So it was the Khabib um, Trailhead. I believe that what it, what it was called. Um, I don't have my notes. I should have been more prepared for this podcast for both listeners. But uh, anyways, so I drove all the way out there and realized when the sign told me that I couldn't park there and I had to take a shuttle bus. So I got really upset for a minute um, and I drove back and I found some parking on the street and I just started to walk around this nature trail. And the nature trail trail was interesting because on the one side of you was woods and it was like any forest that you've ever seen. And on the other side of you was this 10,000 foot drop, which was, uh, you know, an interesting dichotomy of the world up top and the world below. Uh, one very cool thing was I saw an elk, uh, eating the bark off of a tree, which I, I hadn't seen an elk yet. I've seen most animals out in my hikes in Colorado, but I hadn't seen an elk. This one didn't have its horns yet. Um, but it was still a pretty nice, big, animal and I've got some pictures of that that I'll be posting on social media soon as well. Um, The nature trail walked right up to the trailhead so I was able to make the decision on whether or not I wanted to go or not. I wasn't sure at first because I had to check out of my hotel by noon and I got to the trailhead around nine. Um, The shortest quote-unquote hike on there was to the Ua point, which said was roughly one to two hours. So I decided to give it a shot. Uh, The name of that, the ooh-ah point, was my favorite thing about it. It was ooh-ah point. Um, And it really made me want to go do that. Um, They broke it down by hours and elevation gain and things like that on some of the literature at the Grand Canyon and at the hotel, actually. So I decided I was going to go down to the point and going down the Grand Canyon is one of, again, one of the, just the most humbling things in the world. I've hiked a lot of, out of mountains out in Colorado, but I never thought I'd be able to be hiking in the Grand Canyon. Um, first of all, I didn't know that you could actually hike some of these trails. I thought you had to, you know, win a lottery and be able to go on a guided tour. Um, but no, everybody was just going down the trails and it was, it was a great experience. Um, every time you would go down one of these switchbacks, the view just opened up more and more and more. And then eventually you turn around and look back up and we're like, Ooh, I'm getting pretty, pretty low down there. So around 750 feet down, 
is the ooh-ah point, and it is stunning. It is one of those 90-degree switchbacks, and then there's a couple of large rocks there that some people were climbing up on uh, to get really good pictures of themselves standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon. I was not as brave as I am kind of terrified of heights, so I stood back a little bit. But you could see not only the canyon in front of you, but from this point, because it was, it was kind of on this 90-degree edge, you could see all the way to the east, all the way to the west. Uh, well, not all the way because the Grand Canyon runs a long ways, but you can see down the east corridor, the west corridor, and it just kind of opens up into this 180-degree um, canyon. And again, it's just absolutely stunning. And the enormity of it, just every step you took made it feel like it was getting bigger and you were getting smaller. At least that's how it made me feel. Um, I didn't really understand how much smaller I was going to feel until I tried to hike back out of the Grand Canyon. Now, keep in mind, this was the first stop on this trail that went all the way to the bottom. And because of my time crunch and my lung capacity, I decided to stop here. And I'm glad I did because hiking back up those 750 feet was no joke. It was steep and it was a challenge. Um, not technically, the, the trail is probably six feet wide and there's plenty of room for two people to go back and forth. Uh, the edge is not really guarded. There's no like rail or anything like that. So if you make a wrong step, you're, you're in some trouble. Um, but it's wide enough where you don't have to worry about that too much. So technically it wasn't a problem. It was just going up and up. And the whole time you're looking at the edge of the top of the canyon because the top of the canyon's flat. So you're like, well, well, that's where I need to be. And it was a struggle and it took me a while to get back up there. And when I did, it was one of those, you know, breathing hard, but I was just so happy. I was, I was physically, I was hurting. My legs were burning. I was breathing hard, but I was just so happy and just kind of caught up in the moment of what I had just done, you know, hiking down into the Grand Canyon. And I thought back a year ago, there's no way I would have been able to do something like this. You know, it's been about almost a year since I started this hiking journey and 750 feet of elevation gain would have knocked me on my backside. And I know because it did. So to be able to do this and make it back up with minimal uh, stopping to catch my breath just made me feel like I've accomplished something that, you know, maybe 20% of the people in the country have been able to do. Um, and it was something that two, a year ago or two years ago, I never would have imagined being able to do. I would have been Clark Griswold a year ago and I would have walked to the edge and I would have nodded my head and I would have turned around and been like, where's the closest bar? Um, but this time I was, I was more upset about the thought that I might not be able to climb down into it than I was about anything else on this whole trip. And then when I was able to do it and I was able to go down see it and come back up. It just made me think that I need to schedule another trip to come out here and go further the next time. So it's good to have those goals. Um, so that was the beginning of, of the day. 
on the great southwestern road trip again if if you don't aren't comfortable going down into the canyon which if you're not comfortable hiking you should not go down into the canyon at all um it was cold to the point where there was still snow on the a bit of the trail at the top um so in the summer when it's 195 degrees in arizona you know it would have been a whole different ball game going down and, and back up you need to make sure there's no water on the trail you need to make sure you bring bring water with you um, you need to be prepared and if you are not comfortable with that and you're not comfortable with hiking then it's not a hike for you but if you are it's one of those bucket list hikes that is just something you need to do so that was the beginning of the day oh going back to that if you can't do all that, make sure you go and see a sunrise or a sunset at the Grand Canyon because that was, again, one of the more humbling experiences that I've ever done. But it's a hiking blog, so I have to talk about the hiking part of it as well, which was very, um, like I said, I, it, it made me happier than, than a lot of, than anything in the last year, basically, to be able to say that I've, I've accomplished that. The next, uh, the rest of the day was a lot of driving. I was going from the Grand Canyon down to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and well, Mesa actually. And what I saw was uh, there's this road called 180, which goes from 64, which you're on to get to the Grand Canyon, and cuts across to Flagstaff. And on the way, up i didn't get to take that road i I didn't know why google wasn't taking me that way but it didn't so okay whatever um i took the highway instead and coming back i decided to go down 180 and and it turned out to be a really good decision because 180 is one was turned out to be one of the coolest um roads that i've been on what it was was it drives you through and It's a two-lane road, and like at the beginning, there's a couple of houses and a couple of farms, and then there's nothing but forest road and the San Francisco Peaks, which are um, right in that area. And the nice thing about it is I found a little hiking trail called the Kendrick Park Watchable Wildlife Long Trail. Um, it's just a little pull-off. There's about room for about 10 cars, and there's a little restroom facility there. And then there's a really easy hike, which is just going around through the through, through the forest. And uh, there's some aspen trees and some other trees that are there. And the mountains are around you, um, but you don't go up them. Um, there there are some other trails like to get up to Red Mountain and things like that that are on this same 180. But for me, I didn't I didn't have that time, so I decided just to do this easier uh, Kendrick Park Trail. Uh, the trail ended up being about a mile and a half, 1.3 miles, and there's only 36 feet of elevation gain. Like I said, you're just walking. It's like a it's like a city park that you're just walking around. Uh, there is a shorter version that's a pave that's completely paved for um, people who just want to do that. Um, the the version I did, the longer version, did have some uh, you know non-paved sections of the trail. What really shocked me is that there was a bunch of snow, ice, slush, and mud on it. And I'm like, I'm in Arizona. Why did I leave Colorado just to come down to Arizona and hike in the snow? I could have done that at home. 
Um, but the trail ended up being a nice, uh, relaxing, there weren't many people around. So it was just kind of one of those get out in nature, break up the drive a little bit and it turned out to be this really nice, um, relaxing trail, uh, except for the ice and the snow, which just gets annoying to walk on. If you know, if you've never done that, um, it just takes a little out of you with your legs. I mean, the snow was only a couple times I stepped down past my boot and the ice was uh, melting. So it was causing, you know, mud or ice was your options to walk on, but it was easy enough to, to handle. Um, they say that there's a lot of animals that come around that area, some elk and things like that, but I didn't get to see any on this trip. Uh, but if you're looking for something, maybe you're um, not very, not a very skilled hiker or you're, you know, with your, your parents or your children or things like that, that, that aren't um, big into the hiking and you want to go on a nice relaxing nature walk, this was a really cool trail to do it on. It was kind of empty. You saw these giant uh, mountain peaks around you and you ended up being um, just walking through the woods and it was really, really enjoyable. Um, after that trail, I decided to make one last stop in Sedona. I had so much fun and, and enjoyed Sedona um, the other day so much that I wanted to stop. And let me tell you, the difference between a Thursday and a Saturday in Sedona is night and day. I mean, I thought Thursday was crowded, but when I came down on Saturday, uh, again, down that 89, if you listen the other day, uh, which is the, the mountain road with the switchbacks and the 10 mile an hour speed limits and the snow and all that stuff, dropping into the city, like traffic was backed up eight cars deep there, but then going around to, to 179, where some of the trails are right past uptown, there was a, about a five mile long backup, uh, waiting for, to get into the town of Sedona. So I ended up having to go through four trailheads before I could finally find parking, just cause I wanted to get one last hike in Sedona. I'm not going to be back up that way. Um, I ended up finally finding a trailhead at the Yavape uh, trailhead. And I found the Yavape Vista Trail, which was, again, uh, just a nice, easy, it's about a half mile long, 85 feet of elevation. It took me about 20 minutes. But the nice thing about this trail was it's nice and easy, so anybody can really get on this trail and do it. You shouldn't have a problem. It wasn't handicap accessible, but it was to the point where pretty much everyone who um, would like to get on there skill level wise should be able to, to handle this trail. Um, when you get up to the top of the trail, you are just, there's, there's a little rock that you can sit down on. Uh, well, it's not a little rock. It's a big rock ledge that there are about eight to 12 of us all sitting down on various portions of this. And you just turn around and you see these amazing views of the big rock formations that surround Sedona. Um, there's one that looks like a big chimney. There's one that, uh, you know, is just kind of like a rock wall. There's spires. There's everything. And they're red. They're white. They're all these different shades of, in between. And it's really what made me fall in love with Sedona hiking the other day. And here you get kind of a bird's eye view of all of those, which makes it really, really, really nice. Um, and a good hike if you are, again, you're just up there for a weekend, you're up there for a day or two, and you want to get a quick hike in where you get all of the views. Um, it is definitely something that is worth a shot.
So after that, it was a long drive to another two-hour drive um, down to the Phoenix Mesa area where we're going to crash out for the evening uh, and hike around the Phoenix area for the next day or so. Um, as far as restrictions go, the fact that there were 900,000 people coming into Sedona for the weekend should tell you that there is little uh, as far as restrictions go in Arizona. Um, masks are encouraged but not worn all the time. Um, but things are open, restaurants are open. There are some seating restrictions and things like that that are still going on. Um, but I didn't see much that was actually just flat out closed anymore. Um, so if you're looking to get out uh, and come down southwest for spring break, you should be good there. Um, the trails were busy, and I don't, I've never been out here, so I don't know if this is excessively busy or if it's just because people want to be outside this time of year. Um, there's extra people going to the trails, but either way, uh, you're able to do pretty much anything that you'd want in these towns right now. Um, so that'll be, that'll do it for episode four of the great Southwestern road trip. Um, if you get a chance to go to the Grand Canyon, it is one of the most remarkable things, especially at, at sun sunrise, um, if you're enjoying the podcast and the Great Southwestern Road Trip, and, and I'll get back into the more more of the hiking stuff that I do on a normal basis uh, in a couple of days or weeks, um, if you're enjoying it, please subscribe. Uh, you can now hear them on Google Podcasts as well as uh, the Anchor Podcasts, and there's a bunch of other ones. Radio Free, I think, is one, and Pocket Casts is another, and um, someone said they saw me on Apple Podcasts as well. So if you see it there and you subscribe, uh, I would appreciate it. And you can hear me every time I come up with some ran random ramblings of the fat man. Until the next time, I hope to see you on the trail real soon. And happy hiking from the fat man. <laughs>